Uh, yes, let's pray. Let's get started. First of all, Lord, it is our pleasure and our honor to worship you. So we say, great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name, for thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. When they see eternity enter into time, when they see the heavens roll back like a scroll, when they see you return on a white horse in great power and glory, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. When you put down your enemies and you created an eternal kingdom where your dominion is an everlasting dominion and your kingdom is that which shall not be destroyed. And Lord, I want to be there and everyone else listening. And when we look back and we see everything that you have done, we're all going to fall on our face, cast our crowns at your feet, and saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. And so, Lord, we ask that you would give us wisdom, because we know that wisdom and might are yours. You change the times and seasons, you removeth kings and setteth up kings, you giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. So, Lord, we ask you to give us knowledge and understanding in your word, because we're going to be talking about some deep and perhaps for many people even complicated things, but we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. So, Lord, we ask you to open our eyes so we can see in our ears, so we can hear in our hearts, so we can see and understand. Because we are the last generation, you're soon to return, and perhaps more than any other generation, it's very important that we understand your warning in the book of Revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. No, amen to that. Welcome aboard, everybody. We've got Pastor Stan Johnson here from the Prophecy Club. Stan, I want to try a test. Just stand by one second. Tell me if you're getting any loop back now. Every Audio coming through okay for you? Didn't change. Didn't change. Okay, good. I just upgraded to stereo sound, so praise the Lord. Okay, and I'm going to give you full screen here, Stan, and I'm okay. right here with you, but um, feel free to do a share screen at any time you want. You've got the mic, my brother. Take it away. Okay. okay. First, First thing, thing, I am I'm getting, getting an echo on my Okay. Let me flick that off. It should be gone now. Okay. Echo, echo, echo is gone. Yes, echo is gone. Okay. So why am I doing this? Well, obviously, the first reason is I really do believe that there's a pretty good possibility that we could be moving into the tribulation pretty soon. And when that happens, the number one topic on the globe is going to be the book of Revelation, specifically prophecy. Every beating heart is going to want to know and understand. And if you're listening today, you're not listening because of curiosity. God has arranged for you to be listening to this broadcast because he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you with souls because the number one thing when we get to heaven that counts for blessing is souls. I believe it's Daniel 12, 4 says, those that turn him any to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever. In other words, the more souls we win, the better. Now, the number one, the number one, the, the, the number one technique, I'll say it that way, that will win more souls than anything, obviously, is the gospel. 
But why did God put Daniel in Revelation and the other prophecies in the Bible? Is because in the last days, it is going to sweep millions of people into the kingdom. And I'm praying that your heart will be open so you can see and know and understand. So when that time comes, and the people right now that don't think they need Jesus, they start coming to you to start saying, okay, you have my attention. Can you explain to me what's going on? You're going to be able to give an answer. And you may not be an expert on it. You don't have to be, but you do need to have some basic understanding. So that's what I'm going to try to cover tonight. Now, I've got a PowerPoint here, and it's actually about a two-hour presentation. I got an hour. Uh, so I'm going to have to tell you right up front, you're not going to understand everything. It is going to go over your head in many areas, but I'm going to try to keep it real basic. What you, what you do need to do is get my book called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. Now, I'm not here trying to sell books. I'm here because if you're going to understand this, it is so deep, you're going to have to read that book. Get the book, prophecyclub.com. And if you are a watchman, we're having a school for watchmen called School of the Watchmen. And it's June 11 through 13. June 11 through 13, you go to prophecyclub.com to get signed up to go. And also, uh, we're just now discovering that we're also going to be able to be live streamed. So if you can't make it to Plano, Texas, June 11 to 13, you can also do a live stream because I'm going to teach through the book of Revelation. There's not going to be like just giving a talk where you sit and listen. I'm going to be taking questions. And I'm going to tell people at any time I go through something and you don't get it, raise your hand and you're going to say, I don't get it because we want to go through this to the point to where you do get it. That's the point. Now, what I'm covering tonight is two charts. So let me get to the share screen here. And that's the screen I want. Click share. Okay. So the story is, back in 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. I didn't think anything special was going to happen. I just thought it was a project. But as I started memorizing it, I started getting revelations. In other words, wisdom from on high. And I got 30 revelations, two visions, and an audible voice. And I'm going to give you that audible voice tonight. All of those are explained in the book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. And as a result of that, I made two charts. This is one of the charts. Now, what I was shown, I think I've got a, uh, okay, it's got a change. Let me try it here. Okay. Um, let me back up. All right. If you look across the bottom, you see that there's seven feasts, Passover and leavened bread, first fruits, Pentecost, trumpets, tabernacle, atonement, and tabernacles. But across the top are the feasts. Uh, link, excuse me, across the top are the prophecies that are linked to the feasts down below. And I'm going to try to move this out of the way in case they are seeing it so that won't bother anything. Okay. Your video yeah. looks great, by the way. Yes, okay. sir. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Very good. I'm, I'm pleased with that because there's some small writing on this, and every little word on this chart is there for a reason, and it, it means something. So now I'm going to go through quickly and try to explain this chart. Okay, so first, let's talk about the feast. The first uh, feast we all, all know is Passover, and this is when uh, the blood was put on the doorpost, and this is the scripture, and I'm, I'm going to skip through the scriptures. So again, you're going to have to get the book, 
but hopefully you can get what I'm trying to say tonight. So first one is Passover, then unleavened bread. This is where they grabbed uh, their belongings and basically headed three days down to the Red Sea, Moses and the children of Israel. And then on first fruits, this is when they crossed through the Red Sea. Now that was the first plane, but the prophecies in the feasts are what is called a mikra. In other words, they're a rehearsal for something coming in the future. And now that's where it's important for us to understand because this is re a rehearsal for the last days. This is an overview of the last days. So the first harvest of the year is first fruits. Now, I don't have time to go into that, but essentially, just to get to the bottom line, this is representing 144,000 Jews that will be uh, resurrected upon first fruits. Now let's go to the second one. Then Pentecost. Pentecost, the first play, was when the voice from God spoke down to Moses and all the children of Israel and proposed marriage and said, I'll be your God if you be my people. And they said, whatever God says, we'll say yes and amen. And even that today, you know, do you accept this, this wife, this, this uh, husband or wife to be your lawfully wedded husband? Or, I do. Well, that's what they said. They said, I do. How do you know that that Pentecost, that the first marriage between God and Israel took place on Pentecost? And I believe it is Exodus 11. It might be 13. First verse says, and in the third month. Well, there's only one feast in the third month. So that's how we know that that's Pentecost. Now, why is that important? Because if we want to know when the marriage of the Lamb takes place, we have to understand that. Because Pentecost is when the marriage of the Lamb takes place. And all of this will make sense again when you get the book. And what I'm trying to do is talk you into coming to the School of the Watchmen, June 11 to 13. So the wheat. Now, this, the final play for the wheat, that's when whoever's name is written in the book of life that is ready then they are resurrected when Jesus comes the very next time. The next time he comes is on first fruits. He walks around for 50 days. And then on Pentecost, both the barley, the 144,000, and those people washed in the blood of the lamb, then get to go to the marriage supper of the lamb where Jesus comes forth and serves us. That's where it talks about in Daniel chapter seven, where it says, and they bring him before the ancient of days, and he's given a dominion and glory and a kingdom. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is that which shall not be destroyed. That's when Jesus changes from lamb to lion and from the, the prince of the kings of the earth to king of kings and lord of lords at the marriage supper of the lamb of Pentecost. Now, this is the story of the tares and the wheat, and I don't have time to go into that. But the next thing I need to point to is there's actually three harvests. The, the first fruits, that's the Jews. Pentecost. That's those people that believe in Jesus. And then the third harvest is the grape harvest, or this is when Jesus returns to burn up all of the tares. And then the next one is atonement. No one alive appears at atonement. That is the judgment of the dead. That's the great white throne. We'll get to that. And then tabernacles is when the new Jerusalem comes down. So the first harvest is barley. Second har harvest is wheat. The third is the grape harvest. That's when Jesus returns to destroy the first time he he comes on first fruits i know you're probably saying what i thought jesus only came one more time i cannot tell you how many times 
I have quoted Zechariah 14. He'll return. He'll put his foot down on the Mount of Olives. It splits to the north, south, east, west, water flows out. I understand all that. I, that's what I used to believe, too. Again, until I started getting new revelations. Well, Standy had book, chapter, and verse that proves Jesus comes two more times. The answer is, yes, I do. Revelation 14, 1. I'll get there in just a second. I have it on a PowerPoint. Let's stay with the PowerPoint. Okay, so that's the great harvest, and, and I'm not going to go, I don't have time to go into atonement and boost too much tonight. I got to skip some of this. It's in the book. All right, now, here's, I, I talked about this. Uh, Leslie had a dream back in 2007, and the Lord told her to tell Stan, if you study the feast, I will show you the secret door to understand Bible prophecy. And a prophecy given to me in 2018 says there's a lock I put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open it to you, and it will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. So first fruits is found in Leviticus 23.10, and it's also found in Revelation 14.4. Now here's the key. So how do you know that Jesus returns two more times, not one more time? Look at Revelation 14.1. I looked, and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Sion. Well, Mount Sion, that's about a 30-minute walk from the Mount of Olives. So the second time he returns, back up here. There we go, on trumpets. The second time he returns, I know there's two more times, is on trumpets. But the next time he returns is back over here on first fruits. Here, I'll see if I can get my right here. First fruits. So he returns to first fruits, resurrects 144,000. They walk around on earth for about 144 days. Then they go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. About four months later, they return on trumpets, and that's when he burns up the tears. That's when we get all of our uh, mantles, crowns, and rewards, our glorified body and everything. So, Revelation 14.1 is proof that Jesus returns two more times. These are the two verses. I got to skip. I got to run. I got to move to get through this here. Uh, I kind of made my point there. When I go through this presentation, I normally will go through this and explain why there are two lows that are offered for the Pentecost. I don't have time to explain that. And this is all part of that explanation. It's all in the book. You've got to get the book. And then they that were ready went in with him into the marriage, and the door was shut. This is answering the question, Revelation 7 to 14, what are these arrayed white robes whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest, these are they which came out of great tribulation, washed their robes, made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. That's us. And that's what it's talking about. And that happens when those people that are ready get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb on the last Pentecost. What? I thought you didn't believe in a pre-trib or a mid-trib or a pre-wrath rapture. I don't think that's a rapture. Matter of fact, most people that get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb will probably be dead at that point. Not all of them. Because you see the little arrow right here that says, Blessed are the dead, but you die in the Lord. Henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that their works, that they may rest from the labors and the works do follow them. The reason that verse is there is because some people are Christians, have not, they, they don't have their wicks trimmed and they're not ready to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. But he's saying, all of your works will follow you, even though you don't get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So if you want to understand the end times, that book is where you're going to go. And of course, I'd recommend you go get signed up for School of the Watchmen. All right, let's go on. 
Got to skip some of this. Uh, Got to skip some of this. Okay, there, there's, remember I said, uh, how do we know that Pentecost takes place on, how do we know the marriage of the Lamb takes place on Pentecost? It's Exodus 19, in the third month, and that's when the marriage took place. So that is our, our reference for that. Now, the next thing I want to call your attention to is trumpets. On the Feast of Trumpets, the interesting thing is Passover and leavened bread, first fruits, those all had plenty of things that the Jews were supposed to do. But the only thing that they really did on Pentecost was just accept God to be their God, because that's representing the marriage. Pentecost is marriage. However, trumpets, the only thing the Jews were commanded to do is just blow trumpets. Okay, what does that mean? Well, that has to do with when Jesus returns and he says, and the trumpets will sound and the dead of Christ shall rise first. All of that has to do with the Feast of Trumpets. Now, let me tie this together with the audible voice. The audible voice told me, I was sitting right in this chair, looking right at this monitor about three years ago, and I was studying, I was memorizing. Here's my, you know, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me see if I can do this here. Let me show you. Let me switch back. Oh, man, how do I do this? I don't exactly know. Maybe this gets it. No. Ah, here we go. Uh, let me get it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I say stop share. Okay. So I'll click stop share so you can see me. Now, when I memorize the book of Revelation, I wrote it all out. This is that spiral ring notebook that I wrote it all out in, as you can see it here. Well, maybe you can see it. It's hard to see it with this background thing. Yeah, man, it's, it is making it disappear. There you go. Put it right by my phone. I can't make it see it. Anyway, so I wrote out the book of Revelation. Now, anyway, so the story is, I'm sitting here, and all of a sudden, I hear a voice. And it says, the seven seals play over seven years. The seven trumpets play over seven months. And the seven vials play over seven days. I cannot tell you how important it was that I hear that. Because these 40 years I've been studying Bible prophecy, I've made this chart so many different times, so many different ways. But that one phrase all of a sudden showed me how it all laid out. Now, I had to prove that in the Bible. And I've found the scriptures that prove that in the Bible. But for right now, let's assume that I'm, I'm correct here. And I want to go ahead and jump to back to that chart so we can look at it here. All right. Get this out of the way. So if you look at the top left-hand corner up here, the first seal. Now notice the first seven seals play over seven years. In other words, the seventh year, six year, five. But there's nothing. It did not say each one of them takes a month. A matter of fact, I believe that right in here, there are several things taking place at the same time. That's why I put, I call that the meteor storm. But the first seal, and that's a big question. What is it that starts the tribulation? The event that starts it. Yes, I know everybody's from Daniel 9, 27. He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And so everybody's looking for a peace treaty. But the problem is we might not notice that peace treaty because he didn't write it. The Antichrist didn't write it. He says he only confirms the covenant. So somebody else wrote it. Somebody else assigned it. He was just one of the signers. So that does not, and it may be that that could pass by us and we might not even see it. However, 
Revelation 6.1 is the best way to determine when the tribulation starts. And it says, and I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. According to Ken Peters in his dream that he had uh, 30, 40 years ago, that is probably still one of our top five videos out of 330 DVDs that we've made over 25 years. Nobody questions whether he really saw the tribulation. He lived through the first three and a half years of the tribulation, but he said what started it was when he heard a long, loud horn. He said it sounded like a 1970 car horn. He said every ear on the planet heard it. And then the graves exploded. He said he literally saw dirt flying. And then he saw people standing around the graves looking like they were wearing white uh, choir robes with a, with a big cloak on it. He said, they walked around for a few minutes and then boom, they were gone. They vanished. He said, they did not float up in the air. And he said, I did not see any flesh and blood bodies go anywhere. All I did was saw people that were in the grave, the grave exploded. They came out of the grave. And at the same time, he said, all electronics on the planet went off for about two weeks. After about two weeks, they started coming back on. Now, do you suppose that what caused the electronics to go off was a power surge? Would you think that it would be a power surge that would cause millions, perhaps billions of people to be resurrected all in the same moment, all around the whole earth? I do. Now, that's what starts the tribulation. So here we are. I give my mouse here. We're over here, top left corner, the first seal, the white horse. Now, a lot of people... And including me, I even thought, well, that's, that's probably the Pope. When I taught the Revelation before, I taught it not having memorized it. But when I memorized the book of Revelation, the spirit of Revelation came in me. And I began to see deeper, understand the word deeper. And I can tell you that is not talking about the Pope. That is talking about an angel of the Lord that is sent out to do that thing. And uh, what was I saw one of the lamb open one of the seals. And I heard as it were the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts said, come and see. And I looked and lo, behold, a white horse. He that sat upon it had a bow and a crown was given to him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. Meaning one of the first things we'll see when the tribulation starts is a big war. Now, i got a question for you. Do you think that Russia is happy with America right now? The answer is no. As a matter of fact, they've decided just yesterday that in the next, in the next 30 days, they are getting rid of $130 billion worth of U.S. dollars. And it's going to flood the world with dollars. It's going to make the value of the dollar start falling like a rock, just like we've been talking about in Prophecy Club for many years now, which, by the way, you can go watch us at prophecyclub.com. You can also find us on the internet, BitChute, uh, uh, Brighton, I think it is. Um, and we also have an app. Just go to your app store and download Prophecy Club app, and you can follow it real easy there. But anyway, so the, the angel on the white horse is just that. It's an angel of God sent forth to start a war. So we can look for a big war when revelations or when the tribulation starts. Now, in my opinion, I think you'll agree 
we're actually real close to a war because China's mad at us. The Russians are mad at us because uh, Biden just decided he was going to put sanctions on Russia because they reportedly, I don't think it was them, but they hacked into our colonial pipeline and caused gasoline problems. And then they hacked into the meat processing computers and is causing now problems with meat processing. And I don't think that was the Russians at all. I think that's the Moloch and the ball worshipers, the cabal, the evil elite, the Khazarian mafia, the deep state, whatever you want to call them. But it is angering Russia because Russia knows they didn't do it. And yet America keeps pointing the finger and we just keep sticking our finger in their eye. Then we go to the second seal. Now, I'm moving real fast, but if you come to the School of the Watchmen, we're going to spend some time help you to understand each one of these. I mean, I've got a lot to cover in an hour. I'm covering, hmm, well, let's see, it's five three-hour sessions, so that's 18 hours I'm going to be spending just on the book of Revelation. Tonight, we're covering all of this in one hour. So anyway, go to the second seal. I saw another angel, excuse me, I heard, and I saw him when he opened the second seal. And when another horse that was red, power is given him that sat upon the her well, a horse to take peace from the earth. Power is given him that they should kill one another. To him is given a great sword. I didn't quote that right, but I normally can't. But the point is, I've heard, I used to think, oh, well, maybe this is communism. It's not communism. It is another angel of the Lord that is sent out to bring judgment upon the earth. Then you go to the third seal black horse you think oh well that's black horse a pair of balances in his hand maybe that is things get real expensive wrong once again it's an angel that is sent out to cause things to get expensive and one of the things that would cause things to get expensive obviously would be this is now roughly three three and a half years after the tribulation has started we're now at about the middle of the tribulation and after three, three and a half years of war, assuming that America has fallen at that time, we don't know that for certain, um, then things would, yes, be getting pretty expensive. So then you look at the, per, or the blue arrow. Here, look right here. Kind of this blue eye here. This is the middle of the tribulation. Now, in the middle of the tribulation, this is when John eats the sweet roll, Revelation 10. And that gives him the words to say, the two witnesses will be John the Revelator and Moses, the same Moses that brought down the Ten Commandments. Again, I'll give you like seven or eight reasons why each one of them is the one of the two witnesses in the book. I've documented all, all that. And matter of fact, I might add, we've sold, I don't know, 20, 25,000 of those books. Would you like to guess how many complaints I've got? Zero. No one has emailed me, and my email is in every one of the books. No one has emailed me and said, Stan, you have a hole in your head. You don't know what you're talking about. You're a crackpot. You're a weirdo. What I think God did was bless you, the end time servants of the Lord, so that we can all understand these things by giving us this book. Some people have said that this is probably one of the greatest books on Bible prophecy since John was given the book of Revelation, because it has so many revelations in it. Trust me, you do not know anything that is in this book. I didn't know anything. <laughs> I've been teaching prophecy for 30 years when I got the book, and I was shocked, 
shocked at how much I did not know. And that didn't come from memorizing Revelation. It came because I memorized Revelation, but even more, it came because I think God wants you to know it. So anyway, back to middle of the tribulation. So this is when the two witnesses pop out of the sky, and then there's war in heaven. The dragon's cast out. His angels cast out with him. Deadly wound is healed. He sets on the Ark of the Covenant, commits the, ab the abomination of desolation. And that's when the Jews will run south down to about 216 miles down to the real Mount Sinai in Saudi Arabia, where they will offer, offer not sacrifice animals, but sacrifices of praise. On the way down, the dragon cast water out of his mouth as a flood that I might cause the woman to be carried away of the flood, but the earth helped the woman. The earth opened up her mouth and swallowed up the, the water which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman. He went to make war with the remnant of her seed to keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Meaning, on the way down there, the people that are fleeing from Jerusalem when they see the abomination of desolation, just like Jesus said when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, then basically get out of Dodge. So they run, and on the way down, there's a big flood going down some of those big, high, deep ravines. But the earth causes crack to come, swallows up the water, and then the dragon sees that they are being supernaturally protected by God for the last three and a half years. So if you want to try to survive the tribulation, I'm not trying to survive the tribulation, but if you want to, my vote would be to be in Jerusalem at least by the start of the tribulation. And yes, it's going to be tough there, but it'll be the best place to live on earth, in my opinion. Okay, so let's go on. So the middle of the tribulation is when the Antichrist or the beast goes in and sets on the Ark of the Covenant. Now let's tie this together to the other feasts chart. Now let's jump to the seven trumpets. So at this point, we're right here. The seven trumpets, the audible voice said the seven trumpets play over seven months. So the first, in my opinion, the second, third, and fourth trumpet, see this gold square box here that says meteor storm? I believe that that is probably all having to do with this right here, where the third part of the sun is smitten, third part of the moon, and third part of the stars are darkened, third part of the day, not likewise. This is probably something about the third, the size of the sun hits the sun, and all of this is caused from all of the debris coming off the sun. Now, I also put up here barley harvest because this is probably about when the barley harvest occurs. In other words, Jesus, I looked and a little lamb stood upon the Mount Sion, and with him 144,000 having his father's name written in their foreheads. This is the secret door. So when you see Jesus return, let's say you're living in Jerusalem at this point, and when you see Jesus come down out of the sky, literally, bodily, in the same body that was nailed to the cross, the same body that just ate fish with the disciples, and that Thomas felt the nail scars, because if you look up Acts 111, it says, you men of, of, Gabriel, you men of uh, Galilee, why stand you gazing up into the heaven? This same Jesus, same body, same, same raiment, the same Jesus shall come in like manner as you have seen him go. So he went up in a cloud. The next time he's going to come down in a cloud, in, he is not King of kings and Lord of lords yet. That happens in Pentecost. This is 50 days before Pentecost. 
He's still Lamb of God. Okay, why would he do that? Well, he wrecks 144,000 one year or uh, in the first year Jewish children. I don't have time to explain all that. Again, get the book. But why does he do that? Because this is the midnight cry. Behold, there is a midnight cry. The bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Why does it say, go ye out to meet him? Why would it say that if he is returning in the clouds, put his foot down on the Mount of Olives when he destroys the tares? It's not that, because that's not when he comes to Mount of Olives. The first and the next coming is when he returns to the Mount of Zion. He puts his foot down, resurrects 144,000 Jewish boys, and then him and the 144,000 Jewish boys walk all of Jerusalem, and they're probably doing their best to try to get these hard-headed Jews to finally accept Jesus. Why? Because this is the, 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 the midnight cry. In other words, when they see Jesus, literally, and these 144,000 one-year-old Jewish children running around, they can see the nail stars like, like Thomas did, feel the, the sword in his side. When they can see all that, that's where Jesus says, go ye out to meet him. So why? Because at this point, on the Feast of Trumpets, we're about six, almost seven months away from the Feast of Trumpets when Jesus returns, and that's when time stops. That's when he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. In other words, when Jesus returns on the Feast of Trumpets, as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, when the heaven rolls back like a scroll, time stops. And at that point, no one else gets saved. No one else falls away. So that's what's happening here at the barley harvest. And the wheat harvest is when we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Let me show you my pointer here. Okay, so Jesus returns the next time on first fruits. He walks around for about 50 days. I know you hadn't heard this before. Get the book. And then he goes with all of the wheat harvest, everybody washed in the blood of the lamb. They go to the marriage supper of the lamb for about four months. At the marriage supper of the lamb, that's when Jesus is crowned king of kings and lord of lords. He then comes forth and serves us. Then, about four months later, on the Feast of Trumpets, Jesus returns. There's time no longer. We return with him. And I saw heaven open, and I saw, behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon it was called faithful and true and righteous, and he doth judge. And I can quote the rest of it, but need not. No, that Jesus returns and destroys all of the flesh. And that happens on the Feast of Trumpets. Now, I'm not going to cover the next two things there because we don't have time to do that. So this is primarily what we want to look at tonight. So Passover has already been fulfilled. Unleavened bread, been fulfilled. First fruits, the first part of it has been fulfilled. But see, Jesus, when he came out of the grave three days after his crucifixion, that is when he was the first fruits of them that slept. Whereas when the 144,000 resurrected, when he returns the next time, they will be the 144,000, the first fruits of the harvest, meaning they will be the first ones to get their glorified body from those people that are resurrected when Jesus returns and first fruits. Okay, so then 50 days later, Pentecost, we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb up here. 
and I'm, I'm skipping, there's lots of verses to back it all up. At midnight, there was a cry made, behold, the bridegroom cometh, go yet to meet him. This is the midnight cry. When the 144,000 there, and they can put their hands on Jesus, they can see that is proof. He's given them 50 days, 50 days to finally make a decision before he returns. So then four months later, married supper of the lamb. Then it says the grape harvest. This is Armageddon. Jesus returns now as a lion with the barley and the wheat. And the armies in heaven were with him, were returned with him. Uh, I can quote that too, but need not. I'm going to skip the nations, but those are the people that did receive the mark, but they didn't receive Jesus either. Okay, let's see. What else do I want to cover here? How am I doing on time? Okay, I've got 20 Doing minutes. good. you got another 20 minutes. Okay, it's not letting me change here. By the way, your video looks awesome. And if you're just joining us, we're here with Pastor Stan Johnson of the Prophecy Club. Okay, where are the nations? I want to skip that. I want to skip that. Okay, I probably should cover this. See, the, a lot of people get confused. They think, oh, well, the great white throne, that takes place at the end of the millennium. millennium. That's wrong. If you read through Revelation and you don't have the secret door, and if you, and to a certain degree, we kind of have to labor under the assumption that to a certain degree, it is written in chronological order and parts of it are written in chronological order. But the whole point of the secret door is to show us that it's not written in chronological order. So the, let me back up here. I mean, I want to hang on. Okay. All right. Right here. So let me show you where we are again. So Jesus returns on first fruits. He resurrects 144,000. 50 days later, he walks around 144,000. 50 days later on Pentecost with Jesus, we get, that's the barley harvest and the wheat harvest, go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Jesus, crowned King of kings, Lord of lords, he's given many crowns, a vesture dipped in blood, and a white horse. We only get a wedding garment. We do not get our rewards there. Then about four months later, we get to return with him on white horses. And when he returns, this is when he uses the morning star, which is the breath of his mouth. And that morning star, when he hits the earth, it goes all the way to the center of the earth. Let me, uh, let me jump up here. Prob Let's see, how do I do? Hmm. This, you know, they haven't perfected this thing where you can switch back. Okay, here we go. Stop share. Okay. So let me paint a picture. When Jesus returns, not with the 144,000 of first fruits, but four months later when he returns on the Feast of Trumpets, here's what the picture looks like. So when he returns, eternity, which is darkness, the Bible says, Woe to those that desire the day of the Lord, for it is not a day of light, but of darkness and gloom and thick clouds and darkness. You see, if you go back in Revelation 6, back into, excuse me, back into Genesis, the very first thing was there was darkness, and this is before he moved upon the face of the waters, and that's before the first day. So the first thing, eternity, is darkness. So when Jesus returns, it's not a nice white day with white cumulus crowds, clouds like that, okay? Instead, 
this darkness enters into time. And that's the reason the heaven appears to roll back like a scroll. And then when he returns in power and great glory, he brandishes his sword, which is blowing out that light out of his mouth. And as that light hits the earth, it goes all the way to the center of the earth. It sets the foundations of the mountain on fire. Psalm 97 says the hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. Another place in Psalms, it says the hills melt like water running down a steep place. And that's when he rises to shake terribly the earth. That's when every mountain falls. That's when every valley is filled in and the rough places are made smooth and the crooked places are made straight and there's no more sea. The whole earth becomes into a nice round smooth ball. But as that glory hits the earth, when it hits the tear, they fall to the ground in a pile of ashes and bones. Zechariah 14 says, this is the plague wherewith those people will be hit that fight against Jerusalem. Their eyes shall consume out of the sockets. The tongue will consume out of the mouth. The flesh consumes off of the bone before the soldier can even hit the ground. And they literally fall to the ground on a pile of ashes and bones. How do we know that the bones aren't burned? Because in, in Ezekiel 38 and 39, they hire people continual appointment, uh, uh, employment to bury the bones. It takes seven months for them to continue burying all of the bones from the people killed in that one battle. So as it hits them, they fall to the ground in a pile of ashes and bones. But as that morning star hits us, be we in the grave or be we out? The dead in Christ rise first. What I think happens is the dead in Christ rise first, and then that glory hits everything, every place, boom, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, boom, hits everybody. But as it hits us, whose name is in the book of life, out of our belly flows rivers of living water. And in that instant, we get our crowns, we get our mantles, our, our garments, whatever blessings we're going to get. Those that have uh, turned many to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever. Now, also in that moment, there's two other angels that return with him. They are the angels that have sharp sickles. And they are the ones that slash the grapes. In other words, there's two kinds of people. There's the tares and the grapes. Somebody emailed me and said, because I didn't explain this in the book, you want to explain the difference between a tear and a grape? And I said, yes, okay. The tares live among the wheat. The tear looks like the wheat until the harvest. But in the time of harvest, the, the wheat grows up and it's got a heavy head because it's got fruit and it bends over. Whereas the tear stands up straight. It has very, very small seeds. And that's the reason Matthew 13, 30 says, gather you first the tares. In other words, when it's time for the harvest, the farmer looks into his wheat field. And this is, again, before Roundup and all of the modern chemicals. He goes into the field and he pulls up all of the tares. Why? Because they're easy to spot then. Because either they have fruit and they have a heavy head or they don't have fruit and they're tares. So they ground, he pulls up all of the tares. Bible says he binds them into bundles, casts them into the fire. The fire is the morning star. Then he gathers his wheat into the barn. The barn is the New Jerusalem, which I didn't explain tonight for time-wise. Anyway, the grapes, however, they don't live among the tares. 
the grapes are the nations that pretty much have no Christians in them, and they live out all separate. In other words, the grapes are not part of a wheat field, and a wheat field is not part of the grapes. So the grapes are the people that don't have any Christians among them, and so it's pretty easy. So the angels going in with sharp sickles just slash them. That's the reason the blood rises to the horse battles by the space of 1,600 furlongs. Imagine blood rising to the, the horse bridles by 1,600 furlongs. I mean, that's a lot, a lot of blood, a lot of blood. And that's the reason it takes seven months for the fowls to eat the people killed in that one battle. Now, uh, okay, looking at my time here. All right, let's go back to, let's go back to the PowerPoint. All right. So let me go back to this briefly here. And I, I tell you what, let me, let me see if I don't have that. Do I have that? Let's see. There. Okay. Let's stay here now. So let's look at the bottom left. Passover is fulfilled. Unleavened bread fulfilled. However, first fruits was filled the, fulfilled the first time upon Jesus' resurrection. It'll be fulfilled the last time when he returns with 144,000. So the 144,000 walk around on the earth for 50 days then upon pentecost the dead in christ shall rise first and the barley barley and the wheat then go to the marriage supper of the lamb four months later on trumpets is when we return with jesus and that's when we get our crowns mantles and he destroys the tares however that's also when he rises shake the earth terribly and i gotta make a point i gotta make a point hang on here ah okay this is important. This is the judgment seat of Christ. I believe it's John 5 says, I think it's John 5, 11, says that the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment unto the Son, unto the Son as in Jesus. So the judgment seat of Christ is trumpets. This is the judgment by fire. On this day, dead or alive, if they had the opportunity to receive Jesus. They may not ever heard of him, but if they had the opportunity to receive Jesus means whether it was from his conception, his birth, his death, burial, resurrection, whatever it was, if they had the opportunity to receive Jesus, everyone will report to the judgment seat of Christ, dead or alive. Jesus is the judge. However, 10 days later, I need the, the full chart here. I hesitate to push home because I I need the other chart. Give me the other chart. Hang on. Ah, okay. I'm going to push home here because you got to see this. Okay, here we go. So this is the judgment seat of Christ. Now, 10 days later over here, this is the great white throne. Not a thousand years later, this is the great white throne. This is the dead not in Christ. In other words, if they never had the opportunity to receive Jesus like Adam and Eve, uh, Samuel, uh, Daniel, Matthew, Mark, well, not Matthew, but uh, like many of the Old Testament prophets, they'll report there. That's the reason it says, I saw the dead small and great, the dead. This is the dead, and they are judged by works. They're judged by the books. I saw the dead small and great stand before God, and the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things written in the books according to the works. And the sea gave up the dead which are in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which are in them. And they were judged, every man according to his work. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life 
was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Now, this is the great white throne. So if they had the opportunity to receive Jesus, they appear at the judgment seat of Christ on trumpets. If they never had the opportunity to receive Jesus, they appear on atonement, judgment by books, judgment by works. From here, from trumpets to atonement is 10 days. See down here, first day of the seventh month, 10th day of the seventh month. So it takes 10 days from Jesus when he returns on the Feast of Trumpets, when he arises to shake the earth terribly, 10 days for him to shake the earth. Every mountain falls, every valley fills in. There's no more sea. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God. Uh, I saw a new heaven, a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there was no more sea. Then five days later, out here is tabernacles. Again, I'm not covering all of the details on that tonight, but this is when I saw a new heaven, a new earth, first heaven and first earth had passed away and there was no more sea. This is new, the new Jerusalem comes down. And this is when he says, uh, there shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any more pain. But the former things are passed away. Uh, and we get eternity for us starts here on trumpets. As soon as Jesus splits the sky and the heavens roll back like a scroll, the instant that morning star hits us and we get that glorified body out of our belly flows rivers of living water, from that instant, we are in eternity. And from that instant, if we are washed in the blood of the Lamb, we are probably going to be made kings and priests because in Revelation 5, it says, worthy is the Lamb because he was slain, has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. That reign starts in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. And that last trump is right here on the Feast of Trumpets. Ten days later, great white throne. We're already in eternity. We're already in our glorified body at this point. We probably get to see the ten days where all of the mountains shake and the valley fields and there's no more sea. Then five days later, the new Jerusalem comes out of heaven. I saw that holy Jew Jerusalem coming down, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and a light was like it, a stone most precious, even a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And it had streets of gold, pure, transparent as glass. It says in several different ways. Okay, let's see how we're doing on time. Okay. Now, let me see if there's anything else I wanted to cover here. See, I already covered all this, but I had to skip back to show you that chart. I think I've covered what I wanted to cover. If you can speed read, you can get all of the whole thing. <laughs> okay, let's let's jump to this. Uh, let me ask you a question. Let me let me jump to the. Let's see, how do I do this? There's got to be a better way. Oh, I keep forgetting to do this. Okay, stop share. Okay, so let me ask you a question for for a second here. If if someone were to come to you. And you were to ask them if you, if I, if you had to tell someone the most important thing on the, in the, on the world, in the world, on the planet, if you had to tell them, would you tell them? Well, hopefully if you've been listening to this program, made it this far, you'd say yes. Okay. So that takes us to the second question. What is the most important information on the earth? 
the answer is that you got to accept Jesus. But the second most important thing is don't take the mark of the beast. The reason is, and I don't have time to give you all the verses, but anyone taking the mark of the beast, they are tormented with fire and brimstone. Uh, let's see, how's it work? And the follower of the third angel, and um, and he cried, cried with a loud voice, saying, if any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his name and his forehead or his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God that is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and she be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and presence of the lamb and whosoever and it goes on it's so they're tossed into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone with the beast the false prophet and lucifer for all eternity in total torment with no hope of escape no way of escape if they take that mark of the beast and he causeth all both small and great rich and poor free and bond to receive a mark on the right hand or in their forehead and that no man might buy or sell, save he had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here's wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score, and six. Now, if you're looking at the background here, the spiral, the red spiral down in the corner, is what the number of the beast will look like. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and then we've gotten victory over the beast over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name. That's four things that we have to avoid. That's the number of the beast. That is a, a cryptic way of showing 666. And you'll see that. And that is going to be on the forehead of many people out there. Uh, forehead or the hand. Then if you'll also see, Ken Peters was shown, and also I have two other people have uh, signed papers saying that that's what they saw in their dream. One said, well, it was exactly like the hand, uh, except for one said, no, it wasn't yellow, it was red. So I put up both of them just in case. So if you see any one of those marks, do not take them. Now, this book here is called Miss the Mark. And I wrote this book, and it is specifically designed for you to give to your family members that probably would never listen to you talk about Bible prophecy, and, of course, you might be saying, I don't know enough about Bible prophecy to even talk to them in the first place. Give them the book. It's a thin book. It takes them probably three hours to read. But if they start reading it, they'll finish it. And if they finish it, they will never take that mark of the beast. And they'll probably become a Christian, even if they have another God right now. So you probably want to look into getting missed the mark. And that's at prophecyclub.com. And I need to go back to, let's see, how do I go back to that? It's not letting me share here again. Share screen. Okay, I'll, I'll just share screen. I want to share screen. I want to go to this. There. It's kind of cumbersome. Anyway, so this is The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. This is the book that I wrote uh, a couple of years ago. And this is the one that explains all of this. This is the one that has those two charts. The back two pages are full color charts on this. So in case you missed the, the picture here, this is Miss the Mark. And you get it at prophecyclub.com. One for 20, but don't do that. We offer them in shrink wrap sets of 10, 10 for 30, 20 for 45, 40 for 70. But the best deal is you can get like 80 books or 40 books, I guess it is, 40 books for 100 bucks. This one's also at prophecyclub.com. I encourage you to come 
June 11 to 13 to School of the Watchmen, and I'm going to teach through the book of Revelation, explaining all of the prophecy charts. Okay, so back to you, my brother. Praise the Lord. Stan, you did a fantastic job, my friend. Thank you, sir. Video crystal sharp. It was real helpful. helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to encourage everybody to get this book. Also, Stan, tell people about your regular broadcast that you're doing. Where do they tune in to you at? Are you on YouTube? Well, the easiest way is to just on your iPhone or your Android, go to the place where you download apps and download the Prophecy Club app. Just type in the Prophecy Club and pull it down. The, another way is to go to um, uh, YouTube or to BitChute or to Brighton, I think it is, any one of those, and just do a search for Prophecy Club pops up. And also prophecyclub.com. Also the Apple thing. What, what do you call it? The Apple? Sure. Uh, Apple uh, podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So yeah. they can, there's a lot and, and there's, let me give them a 60 second overview of what I believe we're about to see. Yes. Because you're about to see some shocking things. I believe we're about to see the imminent military takeover of the United States government, literally. The prophecies say, in the mouth of three witnesses, say that we're going to see tanks and Humvees literally roll down Pennsylvania Avenue, roll up to the Supreme Court, the White House, and to the Capitol, go in, disarm all, we're talking about military, a military takeover of the United States, military personnel go in and disarm the people there, and then they take what they want, and from that we're going to, they're going to try to bring us into a new republic called the Republic of the United States. But the prophecies, there's, there's prophecies saying that there's going to be some great times ahead, but there's also prophecies that says that Russia attacks us shortly after that. That's right. I think a lot of that has to do with second Chronicles seven fourteen. If America can possibly fulfill that verse, then I believe God is going to give us more time. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, here it is, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. But the question is whether we can turn from our wicked ways. What is about to happen when these military tanks roll in? There's going to be massive arrests. Now, there's already been thousands of arrests now, but they've just kind of been done on the low low. But there's going to be massive arrests. We're talking about big names, some of the biggest names in, in government, in business, Hollywood, shocking things, filthy things that we cannot imagine that these people have done. And they're yes. all going to be exposed to the public. And if America will pray, and if we can clean up our nation, I believe God will give us more time. If not, then Dimitri's prophecy that will come to pass won't be delayed. And it could come to pass as soon as next year, in my opinion. So there's your overview. I think you uh, hit that right on. Uh, we're, we're in some serious trouble, folks, outside of Jesus Christ. None of us are going to make it. It's now the time to go all in. Stan, let me ask you, too. Are you all planning any more meetings this summer or in the fall? Anything on the board? Absolutely, yes. I've already uh, uh, got Dana Coverstone, and we're, we're him and I. Our ministry can be teaming up 
And we're going to have a solemn September assembly, September 6, 7, and 8. And we will be, I wanted to get through this uh, School of the Watchmen first. And yes. That's over here another, what, week or so. And then we will start promoting that hard. I'll come back on and talk about that. But okay. essentially, we must pray. We, how much time do I have? And I'll talk about prayer for a second. We've got five minutes. Go for it. Okay. I think that the most important thing that we can pray for right now is that the Moloch and the Baal worshipers are rounded up. You remember when Moses came down off of the mountain, Sinai, and he had the Ten Commandments. He looked down and he saw about 3,000 of the children of Israel had made themselves a golden calf, and they were dancing around it and worshiping it. That is Moloch or Baal worship, B-A-A-L, Baal worship. Yes. These, it's probably the most evil religion on the planet. They literally believe in human sacrifice, eating and drinking human blood. It's, it's awful. I mean, it's, it's terrible for me to even say, but they believe that if they will let enough blood that their God will assure that they continue to rule the world. And unfortunately, they have, because these are the people that have owned and controlled our financial system for at least 300 years we know of, probably going back to the days of Egypt. And this is what they're trying to do. According to FinalWakeUpCall.info, they're bringing in a new QFS quantum financial system. And that is a quantum computer linked to 11 satellites and we will be using our cell phone in a new digital currency very soon to come. And according yes. to the, well, HalTurnerRadioShow.com and several other places, yesterday, Russia announced that it's going to be releasing $118 billion out back. It's going to be selling, wow. getting rid of them, dumping them. And so the, the value of the dollar is about to tank. And they say they're going to do it within the next 30 days. So... And, of course, Shane Warren said that uh, he heard the audible voice of God tell him that silver is going to skyrocket far more than gold. So what we're looking at is some cataclysmic changes, probably before summer, but almost for certain before the end of the year. Michael uh, Lindell of the MyPillow guy, and he's had a lot of interaction with Trump, and he said that Trump is going to be back in charge by August. Now, that's what he said. Wow. So if that's true, we can probably look for this military takeover, massive arrests, and going into a new financial system, crashing of the dollar. And of course, I think the crashing of the dollar is all the Moloch and ball worshipers. Now, the prayer. What I think it's important that we pray for, and before you pray this prayer, first of all, you must have a clean heart. Second, you put on the full armor of God, put the angels around about you, ask for protection. But what I've been praying for is that God will discover, cause to be discovered, all of these Moloch and Baal worshipers, all of the Khazarian Mafia, the deep state, all of these evil people that have controlled our media, controlled our banking, controlled our education, and controlled us, not just America, but the whole world, controlled us for so many years to pray that they will be removed. And if you go to and I'm tell you right now, I cannot endorse this. I do not know that this is true. But if you want to see some startling stuff, go to realrawnews.com. Realrawnews.com. I myself 
suspect that there's probably some truth in it. In other words, we're about to see some major changes, shocking changes take place all across the land. Back to you. No question about it, Stan. Um, I do believe we're going to have um, take a financial hit really soon. Mm. We can't continue at the rate we're going. Um, right. A trillion dollars a month or is it a day is being created out of thin air. I've heard sums as high as this. This is crazy. Stock markets at an all-time high. I think it's going to crash. And there has been a lot of move into the crypto market. Um, the new world order is definitely going to be creating their own crypto. Many have already started the process. I will say this just uh, at the end of this program. I got a prophetic word last year. And God said, Bitcoin is a hidden garden. Now, I began to look at this whole crypto, crypto market about five years ago, Stan. I had the um, opportunity to have a guy named John McAfee on the program. Sadly, right now, John's sitting in a Spanish prison. <laughs> That's another story. Pray for him. He needs Jesus. Oh, by the way, folks, wait, today wait, before you get off of crypto, can I say something? Yes. Okay. According to finalwakeupcall.info, the cryptocurrency will not be into the quantum financial system because it is not really? asset backed. Now, that's what they said. I'm not saying it's going to go to worthless. I, I don't know what is going to happen, but I can just tell you that he said it's not going to be part of the system. I it's think that it could be a hedge for a while. Ultimately, though, everything's going to crash. It's well, got to. Warren said that silver is going to skyrocket far more than gold. And do you yeah. have a gold sponsor or can I give them a place to go? No, I don't actually uh, give any plug you'd like okay. to. Well, perhaps you should consider that. Uh, I send people to my good friend, Terry Saka at cornerstoneassetmetals.com. And if you'll say Prophecy Club, when you call, it helps your Prophecy Club, cornerstoneassetmetals.com. And I'm going to tell you that back in, I believe it was no, 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 December 9, uh, I heard the, the, the Lord speak to my heart. No angel, no vision, no audible voice. But it's the same voice that tells me what to put on the radio every day, just an internal sensing in my heart. Yes, sir. And basically what he said is, Stan, any money, any excess money you have, you don't want to lose, put it in silver. So hmm. I immediately called Terry. I didn't know it, but he can take a check right on the phone right then. It cleared the next day. A few days later, I had silver. And uh, I just made a decision today. I've already emailed him to get some more silver because silver is going to skyrocket there's and i'm not telling you to do what to do i'm just telling you what i'm doing okay uh silver um one ounce silver eagles liberty well, what does he got in my opinion the in other words in a time of trouble they don't care whether it's a collectible they don't care what's on the face of it if you pull up to a gas station and you need to tank of gas and you're in an emergency situation, they only care that that is one ounce of silver or one ounce of gold or whatever it is. So what is written on the face of it is not as important. Uh, Let me throw this at you. Go ahead. What do you think about diversifying? So you have silver and gold. Those have definitely been stores of value since the beginning of time. Absolutely. Um, you can't go wrong with gold and silver. What about, though, put a little bit, if someone has a little extra, into something like Bitcoin? There's only going to be 21 million of those. 
billions are literally being poured into it. And there was a recent shakeup about two weeks ago. The whole system lost about 50% of its value. And uh, I believe it was to shake a lot of people out so that the big institutions could get in because they all mocked it. But now they see that um, crypto is here to stay. In fact, they're going to have their own crypto. What do you think about putting a small percentage after you've done the gold and silver, maybe into Bitcoin? Because I will tell you one thing I've seen firsthand. I've seen where you can take a crypto and some of them have literally doubled even 20 X. And I I told a guy, Steve Quayle, long time ago, um, I said to Steve a couple of years ago, I said, Steve, I know you're a big gold and silver man. What do you think about crypto? And he laughed about it. But I said, you shouldn't be laughing because it's going to go up. And you could always take the Bitcoin. You make money and then go back in. You could double your gold holdings. Now, I talked to many people. They mocked me. But that was when Bitcoin was 2000. It went up to 64,000 this year. And people could have literally, I mean, you know, 30x, they're gold and silver. So I just want to put it out there. People pray about it. Maybe let me me give you my what do you think? 30 seconds worth here. If someone were to, if my mom were to call and say, okay, how do you think I should prepare for this trouble? Yes. And I'm going to say, well, in an emergency, the number one thing that kills most people is having to drink contaminated water. So the first thing you want to do is make certain that you've got clean water. And that, yes. in my opinion, would be a Berkey water filter with some extra filters. And yes, you can get that at prophecyclub.com. Yes. But you also have to have the water. So I suggest you have a water source, have some water stored. Second thing is food. Had several yes. prophecies that show that food is going to be unbelievable. Like one guy saw in a dream, that's credible. He said he saw a guy selling Ritz crackers for $1,000 per cracker, not wow. $1,000 a box, $1,000 per cracker. So you, you should get some food. And uh, yes. if you want to get some food that's maybe not, not going to spoil on you, then, of course, I'd recommend you go to heavensharvest.com. Promo code there is stand, but get yourself some food. Third thing yeah. is. Coverstone was shown several dreams of people huddling in fear, shivering in the cold with weapons drawn. So I, I can't recommend that you get weapons. Uh, I just can't uh, because of the filters. <laughs> but I would say this, you have to ask yourself if the streets are not safe because of a pandemic or because of a military o- overthrow and you're commanded not to leave your house for a year. Are you prepared to stay within the fall four walls of your home for a year? If you're not, get that way. That's Absolutely. My you know what? You're right on. Number one, uh, make a decision to follow the Lord Jesus all okay. in. And then yeah. food, water, propane to cook if there's no power. Many of us saw the uh, power outages, the uh, problems in parts of Texas even, you know, with the water going out. Yeah, it happened everywhere. A lot of people, um, same situation. And um, Brother Stan and I have been warning about this for a while. If you took that advice, you were in good stead. But it's coming, even worse than ever before. And we need to be thinking about these things now. Do what you can, and then the Lord will back you. But if we mock the warning, then who are we going to have to blame but ourselves? Because we didn't believe. Um, and God always reveals his plan to his prophets before he executes it. So, 
the warning's been coming out. It's time to get prepared, get our houses in order, and then uh, understand that the system that we're in now is going to crash so they can bring about the one world order system, the Phoenix from the, from the ashes. So all these things have shelf lives, but Hey, if it can keep you alive another day, that's a good thing. And, um, very prudent information. Thank you, Stan. No, I kind of did what you're doing where you had guests on. We did that for like uh, 25 years. Yes, you did. And I don't think I ever remember anyone coming on that even had a desire to see us blessed. We did so much work to bring in the guest. So I want to pray for you. I want to pray blessings on you. Thank you. Lord, you have seen Shannon's heart. His heart is to warn people. He's a watchman. And I know he struggles. I know he struggles sometimes in the night. How do I pay the bills? How do I do this? How do I make it? And there's so many frustrations in life. But Lord, I ask you to give him the blessing of receiving dreams from you. Dreams of warning. Dreams of planning. That we put in his heart, like you said, that there is a way you speak to a man in the night. And you show him the things that he is to do. I ask you to give him the gift of dreams and interpretation of dreams. I also ask that you would give him the revelation anointing so that he could understand the scriptures of revelation, the other prophecies. So he can understand and give an answer to the people out there that are so scared and don't, don't know what is going on that you could have him there to be an answer. Also, I ask that you send the right people and keep out the wrong people, send him the right people that you're really speaking to you really want to be in his program. You really want to promote them and keep out the wrong ones. Keep out the ones with bugs so that they can bring the truth to your people. Lord, I also ask that you bless his health and his family and bless his, his home and where he is. Bless his ministry. Cause more people to turn, tune in and listen. Lord, I ask you to triple the size of his ministry in the next 12 months. Triple it. Three times more people coming to listen yeah. to Omega Man. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I receive that, brother. Hey, Stan, I want to tell you it's an honor to be here with you and Prophet Leslie and um, Lou and Suni, the team there. I encourage everybody, if you're in the Dallas Plano area, get out and be part of the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Um, when, when and where do you meet? Do you have service on Sunday? Well, we meet on the corner of Park in K in Plano, right behind the Whataburger, Spirit of Prophecy Church. We meet uh, Sunday morning at 9.30, and then worship starts at 10.30. And I recommend you go to prophecyclub.com to get signed up to come to the School of the Watchman, where I'm going to take three, excuse me, five three-hour sessions and teach through the entire book of Revelation. And it's not a requirement, but I suggest that you get a spiral ring notebook and write out the King James Version of the Bible on a spiral ring notebook and bring that notebook with some pens and highlighters, and we're going to do a deep dive into the book of Revelation, and you will walk out floating. You will be amazed at what you learn. Folks, you get the meat of the word, and then afterwards, you can get a real beef burger right next door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. The water burger, the best hamburger in the world. My friend, uh, great pro- program tonight. I'll get a copy of this to you in a few hours. Encourage everyone to share this with a friend. Get over to Stan's YouTube channel. And one more time, your website? Prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. Get the book, Miss the Mark. We love you. We'll see you next time, Stan. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you.